Hello, hello, hello. Hi there. Welcome to the first episode of Not Rocket Science in the Roaring Twenties. It is 2020. It is a new year, new decade, new me. Not really. Anyway, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, For any new listeners in the new year, this is the show that talks about the intersectional relationship between business, technology, and culture. I am Sean, your host. Hope you are doing well. It is an unseasonably warm January here in New York City. Kind of like March weather. Uh, Not great weather. Still kind of dreary, cloudy, rainy, but like 40s, 50s, which is very strange for the uh, beginning of January. But I will not complain. I will take this... England-ish weather instead of the normal BS we usually get. Um, But I know it's coming. I know it's coming. This jet sweep can't last forever. But regardless, new year, getting into it. Um, So thank you guys for an awesome 2019. Uh, It was a good year for us, numbers-wise. Slow and steady with the growth. We're not like becoming the joe rogan podcast overnight or anything but slow and steady growth is always a good thing and that is what we're seeing so thank you very much um what else what else what else we're gonna keep doing the same thing going forward i think i need to invest in some technological enhancements for one because i use audacity and apple being the uh evil empire that they are um upgraded or when i upgraded the os to catalina there's some security updates that don't allow third-party apps to use the mic permissions turns out so i can't use my uh audio editor of choice anymore which is audacity and i have to use GarageBand or some other like more expensive thing um can't use third-party open source audacity is open source so an open source software now can't use mic permissions on macbooks it turns out so that's my new predicament right now that i'm trying to figure out i'm currently using my girlfriend's laptop for this it is a temporary solution though i can't be doing that forever uh because she has an older os on her macbook so just saying that because uh, we already got some new obstacles to start the year, but it's something that I'm thinking, let's just do a full tech upgrade, get a better mic maybe, get a new laptop, you know, get a little professional with it. Anyway, um, moving on to what we're talking about today. <clears throat> so today I just want to talk a little high level here. We're talking about entering a new decade, 10 years ahead. So 10 years ago, where were we? It was 2010. Facebook was still cool. 
Instagram didn't exist yet. Uh, I'm trying to think. I was still in college at the time. Holy crap. The idea of, like, using social media as, like, a real, like, real business tool, like, social media agencies and stuff, that wasn't really invented yet. Um, YouTube was obviously doing its thing, but the idea of, like, looking at YouTube as a real viable business tool wasn't quite established. Like, there were some big players doing their thing just as kind of still on a hobbyist level. I don't even know if YouTube had ads yet. It was like right around the time where they were starting to play with ads, but I'm not really sure. I can't remember that. But anyway, compared to now, when it comes to like social media, we were in the dinosaur age back then. So it's really crazy to think now like that it's 2020, what 2030 is going to look like, right? To me, that's kind of the big question here is because that's what's driving culture the most. When it comes to all the tech innovation, I mean, self-driving cars is going to be a big one moving forward. But like social media really changed a lot of stuff. It really kind of mixed things up. Um, now you have corporations pouring millions of dollars into their instagram marketing their ads uh you know trying to come across as hip when it's really like a bunch of 38 to 45 year old women sometimes trying to pose as being hip that's from the company that i I, uh, once worked at they created this new brand where um it was trying to appeal to millennials, right? So the main enterprise kind of skews to an older crowd, and they wanted this new brand, this new business opportunity um, in the food space, and they wanted to appear uh, appear like they're you know younger, and they wanted all their marketing and branding to kind of reach out to that city-dwelling 20-something-year-old. And um, it was funny, this dude that I work with, he was saying that, he showed all the branding and marketing material to his teenage daughter and his teenage daughter read it and she was like this reads like a bunch of 38 to 40 year old women trying to appeal to 20 year olds so that's the only reason i said it it comes from experience but i do see a lot of the same kind of patterns um on the on the instagrams these days and uh it's getting a little cringy i think instagram is starting to grow its gray hairs a little bit it's starting to be looked at it's still the dominant force in all social media right now uh no questions about that but i think i don't know if it's gonna if it has a 10-year shelf life i think it will be uncool by 2030 that is a prediction that i'm making i'm just starting to see the same patterns bubble up already it's still cool i think instagram will be a force moving forward I don't see it slowing down anytime soon, soon, but it is Facebook, and Facebook has already, you know, made core Facebook somewhat irrelevant um, from a, you know, young person importance and young person uh, user-based standpoint, I guess you could say. Young people ain't using Facebook core except for the events feature. Some use Messenger. Um, but most people are using Instagram now and because the same people are involved when it comes to making the high level decisions, I don't know if Instagram can sustain itself with all the corporate bureaucratic 
BS that goes into being a portfolio entity to a company that is as large as Facebook with a CEO that's looked at so unfavorably these days to the point where, um, you know, people are creating these like free games now where Mark Zuckerberg is like a cyborg and he's like an evil villain. Like this is the guy that is at the top of Instagram. You know what I mean? He's becoming a meme and being an alien. Like, I don't know how that, uh, you know, predicts things being great moving forward with Instagram long term, of course. Um, but it's still dominant right now. It's still doing its thing. I think it's going to stay pretty darn relevant for the next few years. But I'm already starting to see the ads that I saw on Facebook Core where, you know, you see these, like, old dudes that don't know anything about lighting trying to do these video pitches in their ad slots about, you know, hacking the system to get better, you know, mortgage rates on your loans. Like, that stuff's starting to move over to Instagram. When you start seeing that, it's kind of over, like... The writing is starting to be on the wall when every single business person tries to, like, get their claws on the whole, like, social media advertising thing. That platform, to me, it's a sign that that platform's starting to get a little bit outdated because social media is a lot like pop music. It's very disposable because they are gatekeepers. They have a longer shelf life than, you know, a pop song or even a run-of-the-mill pop artist but the point is all of it's disposable everyone's looking for the new thing um and what's interesting right now is we're we're at a very interesting place because the new thing is tiktok but tiktok has its own slew of problems that some people care a lot about other people don't really care about so i kind of want to move into that um on today's episode talking a little bit about going forward future of tiktok is it dangerous is it bad to use what's its shelf life moving forward is it going to eventually be a slightly better version of vine and eventually die is it not um because tiktok has kind of been the new hotness as we wound down the uh 2010s you know they jumped in at that last minute and we're like, hey guys, I'm here. I'm at the party. What's up? They're they're that guy, and uh, they got a lot of buzz, a lot of attention, really short amount of time, and they're kind of the hottest social media app entering the 2020s, right? I mean, hands down, it's definitely TikTok. Whether you like it or hate it, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Of course you are. But as far as like the zeitgeist goes, TikTok is the one that is probably the most relevant when it comes to, like, Generation Z. Um, supposedly, according to November, they had 1.5 billion downloads, and they have not been around very very long. I don't know how many active users they have. Uh, I don't know if that information is even available from what I can tell, but... They got the buzz right now. That's all I'm trying to say in a very long-winded way. And I find it interesting because when I, I downloaded TikTok, I demoed it. I tried it out. I didn't make any TikToks, but I just like did a little audit of the app itself. Super fun. Super interesting in some of the decisions they made. 
that kind of like took the Snapchat model and fine-tuned it and made it better. Um, it's pretty addictive. I can see why a 15 or 14-year-old would jump right into it. Um, but, but, stuff I'm reading in TechCrunch ain't so, ain't so hot. Ain't so hot. So that's what we're going to talk about. TikTok moving forward. So everyone knows TikTok is owned by ByteDance. They are probably the most uh, valuable startup in China, basically. Um, TikTok is a sister app of, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right, but I think it's like, like Douyin. And Douyin is the TikTok of China. It's been around longer. That is what people in China use. They do not use TikTok. They use Douyin. It's kind of like the same thing, pretty much, more or less. But um, one is exclusively Chinese. The other one's in English. Um, and they operate as separate, uh, from a tech development standpoint, separate companies. But they're all under the ByteDance umbrella. So it's all the same thing. Um, what is interesting is some of the security concerns that the United States government has recently brought up when it comes to TikTok. The U.S. Navy has considered it a cybersecurity threat. Um, when it comes to data privacy, things like that, it is banned from use in the military. And also, Republican Senator um, Josh Hawley is making foreign apps kind of like his calling card as far as creating the National Security and Personal Data Act, which is basically bar companies from China, Russia, or other countries that are deemed national security threats or have concerns um, from transferring American citizens' data back within their own borders um, because of the idea that they can use it for their own interests or spying or some of the stuff that we heard with Russia and Facebook during the last election, all that nastiness. Um, so it's a big deal, and it's kind of uh, folded into the larger trade wars in general between U.S. and Chinese governments, and you know Russia's kind of on the sidelines, but part of that game too. Um, so it's kind of turning into a big political mess in a way. Um, personally, when it comes to that stuff... I understand the concern because those countries have been kind of caught doing that for a long time now. But to me, personally, when it comes to TikTok, what is a little more scary is the way they use or have planned to use supposedly cutting-edge technology um, when it comes to facial recognition and things like that. So tick, uh, TechCrunch sorry, came out with this article just the other day, mind you, about how ByteDance and TikTok have recently decided to, uh, you know, come out with, you know, get on the deep fake train and create a deep fake maker, for example. Um there was this third-party uh, security company. Let me see if I can find their name real quick. Let's see, let's see, let's see. 
Oh, Watchful AI. So Watchful.ai. Um, they're an Israeli in-app market research startup, and they kind of poke and prod into the code and um, privacy policies of these large tech companies and their flagship products and kind of reveal stuff that was maybe in the works or in the plans that was private, but because it was on their code base and the majority of uh, employees don't really monitor the code base, Sometimes stuff can get revealed. This happens a lot with Apple products, too. You see stuff in the code that's kind of like a hint or a sign of some of the things that they were thinking about cooking up. Same thing with Instagram and Facebook. Um, Some of the more popular Instagram features are more controversial ones. Um, You know, you could look at the code in advance and kind of based on the names of classes and things like that in the code. Um, names of some of the components you can kind of piece together what they're cooking up uh i'm trying to remember which features exactly that was the case for i think maybe with instagram removing likes maybe i can't really remember though to be honest but anyway this company watchful ai out of israel they discovered deep fake codes in the latest version of tiktok and Douyin's android apps and they were able to activate the code in Duyan and generate screenshots of the feature. So this thing seemed to be more uh, developed and a little more advanced as far as being in the works on the Duyan app in China. But there were code snippets um, and some privacy policy text found on TikTok as well. So the thing that worries me about this isn't so much the fact that they're making a deep fake tool. It's kind of scary. The whole deep fake thing to me in general is scary because you know, this stuff can always get in the hands of the wrong people and then you can create things that the court system in general has no It's kind of like when sampling became a thing in music. You know, when people start sampling in the 80s, when it came to uh, intellectual property, courts had no idea how to handle it because there was nothing like it before. So all the documentation around intellectual property had nothing that kind of dictated whether sampling was uh, legal or not. And this is kind of an even more scary evolution of that because it's not just art for art's sake you can you know take people's identities and put them in deep fakes that put them in really uh negative positions and then it comes to the question of like in court cases what can be used as evidence and what can't because you know audio and video has always been the best evidence but now you can fake anything i mean adobe is also creating audio software where you can kind of make anyone say anything um then you have the deep fake stuff so it's like it's gonna get really tricky when it comes to um incrimination now to tiktok and bite dance and doing his defense the TechCrunch article did mention that the uh deep fakes that they demoed were watermarked and they're watermarked if you decide to download them but you can use software to edit out a watermark i mean that's not that hard so if people really wanted to, they also did said that 
um, you have to do an identity check and you had to be over 18 to use the tool. That's a little fishy, right? TikTok knows their core demo is teenagers, yet they're creating these deep fake features where they have to do an identity check to prove you're over 18. Um, and that's not that hard to get by if you are a minor anyway. Like, you can get around that. And you can get around the watermark. Like, all this stuff you can get around. So the question is, why are they doing it, knowing that they're creating something that their core demo can't even use, and they're doing tools, or they're doing tools, Jesus Christ. They're implementing tools to ensure that, you know, people know it's their property, but it's something as lazy as a watermark that with some external software you can get rid of if you really wanted to, and then save the video again. Um, so the whole thing seems fishy, and what's fishier about it is when TechCrunch questioned uh, Duyin and TikTok, or I guess you could say ByteDance, about this feature, I'm going to read their quote. So the article says, We reached out, so this is TechCrunch, We reached out to TikTok and Douyin for comment regarding the deepfakes feature, when it might launch, how the privacy of biometric scans are protected, and the age limit. However, TikTok declined to answer those questions. Instead, a spokesperson insisted that after checking with the teams, I can confirm that this is definitely not a function in TikTok nor do we have any intention of introducing it. I think what you may be looking at is something slated for Duyin. Your email includes screenshots that would be from Duyin and a privacy policy that mentions Duyin. That said, we don't work on Duyin here at TikTok. So they basically just pushed it to the other side. They later told TechCrunch that the inactive code fragments are being removed to eliminate any confusion, which implicitly confirms that the face swap code was found in TikTok. A Duyin spokesperson tells TechCrunch, Duyin follows the laws and regulations and the jurisdictions in which it operates, which is China. They denied the face swap. Terms of service appear in TikTok despite TechCrunch reviewing code from the app showing those terms of service and the features functionality. So, to review, this is what concerns me about tiktok stuff like that basically this company found code snippets for this face swap feature in both doing and tiktok it was more fleshed out in doing it was actually usable in doing and they also found privacy policy privacy policy text um for both doing and tiktok but the doing one was a lot more thorough it was a lot uh, more fleshed out. It seemed closer to launch, more or less. And basically, when approached by it, they kind of just lied to TechCrunch. They, they literally just lied. The only thing they kind of um, admitted was that the code fragments were there, because they were there, because te- TechCrunch literally used the feature. But they said they're going to remove it, and they basically told TechCrunch that it's not in tiktok when it 100 percent was in tiktok with evidence and they basically were just like no 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 no, no. it's not 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 that kind of stuff concerns me because that's just showing a large-scale tech company estimated you know being worth billions upon billions upon billions of dollars i mean before tiktok was even that big bite dance i think was worth like I think like seventy-five billion, and now it's probably way more than that. And uh, 
you know, they're just lying to major publications' faces. And TechCrunch knows they're lying. And that's the last part of the article. And to me, having a company that has this, forget the face swap thing, even just usage data at the scale that they have, at the rate they're getting it, for the demo that they're capturing, which is mostly teenagers. I mean, a lot of adults too, but like TikTok got big because of high school kids. And their PR teams are spinning out garbage excuses like that that are straight up lies when they're caught with dicey features that can, you know, be very risky. What if some kid is able to use their older brother's identity to get the face swapping feature or the deep fake feature and start making deep fakes and then, you know, no matter what, TikTok has that data, whether they store it in China or store it in the States, it's a Chinese company with data of facial recognition for thousands, if not millions of teenagers in China and the United States. That's just weird. That's just dipping into that sci-fi movie territory when it comes to uh, technology surveillance. It's fishy, it's weird, I don't like it. And that, to me, is the real danger with TikTok. And I think it's a few things. There's the product side moving forward. Does TikTok continue to innovate and create features that 16 and 15-year-olds love to use? And then does anyone at scale eventually care about these concerns moving forward? Because I think TikTok's really in the driver's seat right now to be the dominating force in social media if they play their cards right for the next decade or so. But this stuff is concerning if you were like an an investor in them. They're a private company, but like from an investor standpoint, you know, from being attached to them. And then also from, you know, a humankind well-being standpoint, that stuff is concerning, bottom line. So my my opinion is I'm not that bullish on TikTok being a dominating force by the end of the decade, but it's really close to a 50-50 call. I think it's like, I'm like 60-40, it's going to eventually tank, maybe by force, maybe, you know, the U.S. government just bans the app and then they lose the entire uh, Western Hemisphere because Canada, you know, follows suit and things like that. That could happen, and then it stays big in China, and that's it. I could see that happening. Um, But it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. But I think the overall disposable nature of social media applications and having them have roughly, you know, a five- to seven-year time span where they're really, like, dominant, like a MySpace or Facebook or right now an Instagram, all that kind of leads me to believe I don't – I would say TikTok is not – that big of a deal at least in the united states by 2030 but who knows who knows convenience and entertainment will make people think very unclearly sometimes so if tiktok continues to innovate it could easily go the other way anyway we're at 26 minutes right now so i'm gonna cut this episode i just want to talk a little bit about tiktok moving forward and kind of like the new decade and what is to come this show will continue to push forward um and thank you guys so much for the support last year thank you guys in advance for the support in the new year uh any 
emails, questions, concerns, hit us up at notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram at NRS underscore show. And um, as per usual, I want to thank you guys so much. Leave a review in the App Store if you'd like. And let me know, what are your thoughts on TikTok? You feeling TikTok? You scared of TikTok? What's the dealio? Because I'm genuinely curious what most people's opinions are. And also in relation to how old they are. Because that's kind of an interesting one to me if there's any variance um, in between being a teenager versus like a 20-something versus a 30-something, etc. Anyway, that's it. I'm out. See you guys next week. Hope you guys have a good one. Happy New Year. Hope you stick to your new resolutions. And as always, peace.